It's January. We're right in the middle of another month of football. But before we get to talking about games again, it's time for a deep dive. Alongside me, I've got James Cunliffe, the Lutonian journalist, and we've got a very, very special guest for this episode. And we'll reveal who it is after this intro. Hello everyone, welcome along to our January Deep Dive episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. That special guest it's the Luton Town Chairman David Wilkinson. Wilco, thanks for joining us again. Nice to see you. Uh, you Good did evening. say you did say that you was going to come back and um, see us when we had you on at the start of the season. Uh, at the start of the season, you wasn't sure about Premier League football and Premier League life. Uh, are you enjoying it a lot more now? Yeah, I am. Um, I wasn't sure beforehand because you know after ten years of winning most things. I wasn't sure that I was going to enjoy losing most things, which <laughs> was what we expected to do, I suppose. And the first couple of games were, were I suppose, didn't change me my thoughts very much. You know, at Brighton, we were taken apart rather, weren't we? Mm. And Chelsea, a bit similar. But um, since then, apart from one, apart from Aston Villa and probably Brentford, we've we've been in every game. And it's been exciting. I mean, I think, you know, it, Every if you every game you you feel proud of the way you've performed, and each game it's sort of improved the way I've enjoyed it. And uh, it's not always true about the the stadiums. I've been disappointed with some of that. I mean, I was really looking forward to going to Brighton, and I was disappointed with it because it was soulless. And then I think, as we were saying earlier, in Old Trafford too, which I was really looking forward to going to. And I'm just hoping that uh, Liverpool is up to standard, up to up to scratch, because that's the one I'm thinking I'm looking forward to most next. The one you, Liverpool and Newcastle. There's just been no atmospheres in these None. away games, has apart there? from us. Apart from us, Ab- absolutely. Our fans have been amazing. I mean, we're getting criticised from the outside world for giving players stand innovations after they've lost and things. But if we didn't give them a stand innovation. There'd be no noise in the ground at all. It would be, you know, it's just ridiculous how quiet some of these places are. But on the pitch, Wilco, have um, have we surprised you in in any way? I mean, I'd, from a fan's point of view, obviously not as a not with your chairman's hat on, but with the, with your fan, are you are as you are you surprised by how well we're doing? As a fan, I'm surprised. I don't know whether surprised the right. Word. Yeah, I've not used the right word, have I, I? I? I am. I'm really impressed with the improvement that so many players have had. Uh, I mean, if you look at where Alfie's got to, and uh, well, actually everybody, everybody, I can't think of anybody that he hasn't improved out of all recognition. And then the sort of players that you weren't sure about initially, you know, like like Ross, like Andros, because you weren't sure, because they're not our typical type, you know, they're not young players coming forward. They've done it. And the fact they've done it and come to us and have performed so brilliantly is 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 that's what's so exciting. I think that's what's making it more enjoyable, even if we don't win a game. 
are there some standout moments that have taken your fancy? Because I think we spoke to you last after the West Ham games. It wasn't too far into the season and it was a bit stop start. And it kind of is that now because we're in this international break. But um, it's been a decent amount of football half the season. Um, I'm trying to remember what my most, my favourite games were. I think Arsenal probably and Liverpool um, and Everton away. Um, and that's more about, you know, atmosphere and, and excitement of beating them and the rest well, of it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? At the time, we hadn't won a game, so no. um, that sort of plays its role. But there's been some great performances and some great wins since. I have, I have. And, uh, you know, we're still improving. And that's that's the exciting thing, is how far can we get? How, how much more can we improve? That is... Uh... Yeah, that is the real exciting thing. It's the Chong goal for me. I mean, I don't think that I've ever... Something else, I'm not yeah. the most athletic person in the world, but I don't think I've ever leapt higher than when that ball hit the back of the net. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't quite get to the roof, but I was very close. I think the roof came off, otherwise I would have got to the roof. It was just no. a magical moment. Wasn't it? Just the goal itself, actually. So much quality involved in the goal. But to suddenly be leading Liverpool, you know, the mighty Liverpool, I mean, we're me and James grow up of an era where Liverpool were the team in this country. Yeah. To be leading them on a level playing field, having gone through everything that we'd gone through, it was just a magical, whatever it was, 15 minutes, ultimately agonising that we didn't hang on, but we had that moment and it's just, whatever happens, we've got that moment. It's yeah. brilliant. And not many others have got that, have they, this year, to be fair? No, I would, there's hardly any teams in this league that have led Liverpool, Arsenal and Manchester City at home this season. OK, we've only taken one point from that, but let's be realistic. One point's probably one point more than most would have expected us to take from those games. But just the way that we've taken those three teams in particular on just shows me that whatever you know, that we're not scared of anyone. It was only one against uh, City, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just... And and these teams are beating all these other teams out of sight. And we're in all of these games. It's just, as a Luton fan, just so proud of all the efforts that everyone's putting in. It's extraordinary. It's great to watch. That's the thing, too. Because some of the the improvement... I mean, watching Alfie and uh, Ross particularly. I mean, Ross has been extraordinary, hasn't he? I mean, we have to talk... Ross Barkley, don't we? It's our annual, uh, not our annual, our weekly section on Ross Barkley. <laughs> we <laughs> call it the Ross Barkley Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> we really do need to. I mean, first of all, I remember when we signed him and yes, there was all the doubts because of, you know, his history with injuries and how his career seemingly from the outside faded and everything. And also, as you mentioned a minute ago, he's not really a Luton type. He's not a young player who we can improve and everything else or, or so we thought. How did that one come about? How did how did Luton go from winning the championship playoffs to thinking, I know, Ross Barkley, he'll do for our central midfield. How do how do we go from where we were to attracting a world class superstar of Barkley's ilk? You know, I don't I don't really know. I mean I, I, I think it came through Rob and I think it was you know, it's down to him that we got him. Uh and he obviously persuaded him that that he could get playing again with us. And of course one thing about playing for Luton is he's going to play. You know, he's not going to be sitting on the sidelines and getting, you know, getting frustrated and stuff, which is what he's done. And every game he's got better, hasn't he? I mean, the early, you know, there was the, the, the jury was out in the first couple of games, wasn't it, before he got fit. And he worked so hard to get fit. I remember going down to training ground and he was in the gym all by himself, working like, working, working like mad. And, uh, you know, I think that's really great to see because he's obviously wanted it. 
Where he, he loves is, playing football, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Where he is a Luton player, though, is he's so humble. Yeah. He's not, you know, he's, he's every right to be, I'm far too good for Luton Town. Yeah. But he's not. He, he's fitted in. He's, you know, one of the team. He just loves doing his thing. Obviously, the boys love rallying around him as well. And I can't speak highly enough of him. No. Andros is the same. Andros is wonderful with the with the squad, and because both of them, it's great that they that they've they've got the experience they've got, which can rub off on on some of the younger players too. And of course, Andros came here just to play <coughs> football, didn't he? He wasn't even bothered. I mean, he's been out in the media, and he said the deal didn't bother him yeah. in the slightest. He just wanted to play football. I mean. But the way that these two people, these two players who play for England, they've done everything in the game, speak about our football club. It's just, it just says everything about how it's run behind the scenes, really, and how good it is that these two guys who have no affinity to Luton other than the fact that, you know, you're paying their wages now, just they've fallen in love with it. They're, they're part of us. Oh, it must be. A lot of it's got to be down to Rob, hasn't it? Because he's such a great character and he's so warm. You know, with and and what's the word? One his one to one stuff with players is 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 amazing, and I think must be down to that because he he cares about the individual players, not just not just the group. You know, um, and Ross. I mean, I, I I've uh, what have I been doing? Sixty years or something? Coming to this, I've never seen a player like him playing for Luton. See, that was going to be James's next question. Oh, sorry, wasn't sorry. it? <laughs> yeah, where where does he rank? Well, I've never seen anyone better. Because it's a it's an ongoing debate with the younger generation <clears throat> who have maybe started supporting Luton in the lower leagues. They've come up and they've seen many great players that they've loved, but then they get to the Premier League and suddenly Ross Barkley's there and he's yeah. the best player they've ever seen. But that's because of their age. But then the older crowd would say, no, it's still definitely Ricky Hill. And that's the sort of battle between them. But you would have seen I them I think both. they were different players. I mean, Ricky was more uh, sort of on the ball. He wasn't so much of a quarterback, was he? I don't think as Ross, um, or the way we've seen Ross, because that's what it, that's what sh- that's what that's what shows most, isn't it? His his passing, long passing ability, and his 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 control on the ball is just phenomenal. I I, I don't know. Ricky wasn't in my my prime, but I saw him enough, uh, and I still think Ross would be would be the best. There you have it. So it's a big yeah, it's a big call. I, I suppose what's really Interesting at the whole beginning of the Ross Barkley thing is that we're now in the Premier League. The eyes of the world are on this uh, league and every club, and anyone makes a tiny move and it's everywhere, uh, all over the news, all over the world. Yeah. Somehow you managed to convince Ross Barkley to come and no one knew about it. No, I know. It's remarkable. Even us. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's extraordinary. And again, it must be, it's down to, you know, Rob and the way he's, I mean, it's not just that, is it? The way he's brought other players through, you know, the, I mean, as Alfie's one in point, he's the one who's improved perhaps the most. Mm. Um, and uh, it's got to be down to, you know, Rob and the rest of the coaches and the best of the squad. Mm. Because, you know, they, they, they are, that makes it tick. I'm not going to ask personal details of everything on this podcast but can we confirm that Ross Barkley is a Luton player beyond this season as terms of his contract I can't see any reason why not (laughs) that'll do us that will do us that puts to bed the fact that he's out of contract in the summer anyway um and hopefully he's a Luton player for a long long time um, because we're all absolutely loving watching him and I think he'll keep us up in the Premier League I don't know what you think about 
our survival chances. We'll come on to potential possible deductions and everything later on in this podcast, but just footballing results. Are you confident that we've got enough to um, stay in this league? We have got, well, on paper, we've got an easier second half at home, haven't we? So that's the chance, I think. We have got, we've played most of the top clubs at home. So, um, yeah, we've always got a chance. And it's not that far away, is it? No. Was there was there a sense that, um, obviously, you would have to get used to the league because there's a huge gulf now between the Championship and the Premier League, that maybe the first half of the season was that testing ground and that the second half, if you could get it right, which seems to be the, the momentum at the moment, that the second half could be a lot better. Well, the football's changed, hasn't it? I mean, we're we're making more chances and we're going for it more than we did in the early part of the of the season. So, yeah, I guess it's it's it, it's like anything. Experience is what counts, isn't it? I mean, for for Rob too, because Rob hadn't managed in the Premier League apart from briefly, didn't he? For uh, for the op down the road, but not really. So, you know, I think I think. Um, I think, yeah, I think it, it, it's, it should keep going. I think in recent seasons as well, we've tended to play better in the second half of a season than the first anyway, haven't we? We were kind of nowhere in the championship when Rob came in last season. I say nowhere, nowhere in terms of where we finished. Uh, and Rob propelled us to the area that we were and sort of even the seasons that we weren't well under Nathan or even John Steele going back to that conference winning side, you know, that took 10 games or so to mm. fire up the, uh, you know, the cylinders and everything. It just seems to be... We we sort of learn as we go along in each season, and I guess that's the improvement that all of the coaches, not just Rob, but the ones that have preceded him, we hire coaches that can improve the people out on the training pitch. And also, you, I guess everyone's aware that you're getting closer to a deadline, so you've got to be a bit more pushy towards it, haven't you? Because um, you can run out of games quite quickly, and particularly in this league, because they do disappear, don't they? And they do, but then you have a bloody break and don't come along for it. I hate, I hate the breaks personally, but by the but, time we play Brighton, it'll have been one game in a whole calendar month. And yeah. you're like, we just had one with seven oh. games in it. Yeah. And now you got one with one in it. I'm like, what is going on here? But no, I, I, I agree with you, Wilco. I, I, I really think we, we're going in the right line. And I think there's two or three teams that are sliding in the opposite direction that we can sort of overtake on the way up. And, um, well, you think they are and then they don't. That's, that is the thing. Yeah, they have a game against a Man United or someone that you think, oh, Man United are going to win that. They'll do us a favour. And then they yeah. lose and you're like, bloody oh, Man United. You had one job, so to speak. And um, it is what it is. But, it was uh, no, a pretty, uh, pretty narrow result. Was it yesterday, the other day on Brentford and Notts Forest? That was Nottingham Forest. That was a yeah. I'm, I'm watching, last minute change. I'm watching so many games in this league and I'm flip-flopping between who I want to win and draw and well what's this what, what result's good for us and what result yeah. isn't good for us and it's just an absolute it's it's a bit of a nightmare but no I, I'm really confident that we're that we're going to stay in this league and um, yeah continue to flourish particularly with the uh, caliber of player that we've got in the side yeah what what's fascinating me is the sort of recent development actually and we haven't seen enough games like we've just said in the last month to see more of it but they're now becoming more of a possession team against Chelsea and in the last game yeah. had the most amount of possession and that's a very fascinating, steep progression from where we were, even from playing in the championship and quite happily play without the ball and, and win on the counter and stuff. But 
they can, they can do guess, that and still. Well, I guess again, cool. we can do that because we've got players that have improved so much, and you know, people like Ross and Andros who who are good in possession, mm. aren't they? So, you know, and first touch is so much better, isn't it, than than it has been in the past. I mean, that's Premier League football, isn't it? Mm. Really, his first touch and pace, and and we've got both, haven't we? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing we picked up on on the podcast early in the season. You give the ball to the opposition, they don't give it back very quickly, do they? You know, no. it's, it's not a no. fair game in that regard. <laughs> Once you give it to them, it's a bloody pain in the ass to get it mostly, back off. Mostly in their half, though. Well, that is true. Yeah, they do pass people to sleep in this league, don't they? That's. Yeah, no, that that is true. Um, we've said that we've probably got enough to stay up, but we are in January, so I do need to pick your brains to see if Rob has been with a shopping list to. Uh, um, improve the squad in any way in January? Has he come along with any numbers? No, not at all. I mean, we, we, we I'm aware that we're, we've got a couple of um, possibilities, but no more than that. There was no pressure at all. I think, you know, if, if, if there anyone was available that could improve the squad, then I think that uh, we'd, we'd have a go. But um, it's a horrible window. It's not one anyone likes. We normally make mistakes in this window. I think most people do because it's done it's out of desperation. But um, I think there are a couple of people. They've always the the the, the um, team have always got their their eye out for for improvements in the squad. But you know, there's nothing there's nothing firm and nothing that I know about that's actually happening at the moment. We struck gold in this month last year, didn't we? When Marvelous came to the club and. Yep. Um, you know, if there's another one of them in the last week before the transfer window closes, we'll all be uh, happy with that. Uh, outward wise, is there any sort of anything that you can tell us? Players I've, going I've, out. I've seen the rumours, which I I don't. I've seen the rumours. Okay, that's absolutely <laughs> fair enough. There, there was one. There's one sort of on a saga that uh, seems to have uh, calmed down that's been going on for a long while which was this situation where we know that the club went over to Ecuador to scout a few players and mm -hmm. um, Oscar Zambrano mm -hmm. one young Ecuadorian that seemed to be uh, in the news and Rob continually said not really much in that whereas their sporting director and manager was always mentioned in Luton Town not that I could speak Spanish but I always heard the Luton Town in I think in we I think we went to look at him uh, the scouts went out there and I think they might have talked about it they could never get a deal done, so nothing was done. And then it was, and that was some time ago. I think it was, it was all over. Mm. I think they had a look. They could, they had a bit of interest, but you know that they, there's a lot of players they go and look at. Yeah, doesn't mean anything very much. Yeah, I mean, if you're going over all the way to look at one player, look at, may as well look at. Some well, I think they did, but. I mean, it, that in itself is a very interesting turn of events for Luton Town, isn't it? Where Got to the, send Phil out to the, yeah, the, <laughs> the, 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 the supermarket's a lot bigger and a lot further afield yeah. than it ever used to be, I suppose. That's so true. Must be very interesting to be expanding in that way. It's true. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, as I say, I don't get involved in that. Mick didn't go, did he? It was just Phil. So, uh, um, how's his Spanish? I, th I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Clearly not good if he didn't bring the player back with him. <laughs> I, I Certainly nothing came to the board from it. You know, we knew that it was happening, but nothing came to us for any decisions or anything. So, Well, I notice he's been linked with most clubs in the Premier League and he's still at the club that he was at. So uh, can't be too much doing in that regard. Um, yeah, no, that's pretty much 
it for transfers really we'll wait and see what happens normally it's not long to wait is it? no it's not we we kind of pride ourselves on coming out of any window stronger than we went into it and i've no reason to believe that that's going to be any different this time around we've obviously already made one signing tom holmes we've given him back to reading that's another that's very Good much one. very yeah. much a loot and sign in that one isn't way, it yeah. young hungry point to prove sorry ready to prove and um we've got a few more out as well who are doing some of them doing quite well so uh yeah, I saw rave reviews John with Joe. And saw rave reviews with Joe Taylor, Joe Taylor uh, at the weekend. Yeah, the other day, absolutely. Um, so yeah, sure that we'll be in a much stronger position next Wednesday night than we are uh, this Wednesday night as we're recording um, this one. It's just not. It's not. It's been quite a quiet window generally in football, I think, and it tends to be that way in January. But it's. I don't like it either. There's just a lot of rumour and conjecture and people getting frustrated that a rumour hasn't happened when it never really... But it's sort of set up for Sky to have a deadline, isn't it, really? That's the whole thing. Yeah. Other than Sky TV and agents, do anyone win in January? I don't think so. No. That's always been my my philosophy of it as well. You know, I mean, Sky, they, they give it the large one on deadline day, don't they? Eh? They have all the big presenters in, all the big boys. They have the reporters outside the grounds all guessing at what's happened. And every now and again, someone like Odin Wingy will turn up and sit outside and <laughs> Harry Redknapp will pull his <laughs> car window down and things like that. But, you know, I mean, come on, lads, let's get a life if that's what excites you. In the past, we have we might have had the odd loan, mightn't we? But you can't because there's only two allowed in the Premier League. So they, unless they're foreign, but then we're stuck. So, you you know, we're, there's nothing you can do. We can't do. And most other people have probably got the loans they need or loans they can have. Is there anything one, with? One, oh, sorry, you, you go. One lone player that we've all quickly fell in love with is Sambi Lukonga. He's yeah. come along because they had an injury which prevented us from seeing him for a lot more games. But yeah. he's come in and fitted in really Brilliant well. well yeah. I know he's on loan, but just to play devil's advocate, if uh, Arsenal said, give us seven million and you can have Sambi Lukonga, would you be able to? <laughs> I'm sure we'd be able to, whether we want to or not. I don't know. You have to ask. You have to ask the boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good answer. <laughs> it is a good answer. Uh, let's move away from transfers then, because um, as I say, we we're always stronger coming out of a window than we are going in it, and I've no reason to believe that would be different. Can we uh, look at? Should we look at the accounts? Not look at the accounts. Yeah. Uh, Get the books. Yeah, yeah. No, let's not look at the accounts. Can we Can we talk the accounts? I, again, I don't want to go into minutiae <clears throat> detail with all of this because there's confidentiality and there's all sorts of things. But also, uh, the, we, we did talk about it in the last podcast as well, but, um, from our point of view, but. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get a little bit of official clarification if we can. First and foremost, there's some startling numbers it's unexpected numbers sorry shall we say that in terms of the size of one or two of the numbers on there the wages sort of being one of them the overall uh, loss and things like that can, can we just for, first of all for broadly there's not, nothing for Luton fans to worry about with with regards to the accounts the no, it, it's just as we said last week the way that the dates have fallen on everything in terms of ins and outs well, it's partly it's partly that and it's partly enormous cost of cost of promotion without the without the offset so you haven't had the benefit but you've had the cost so and in terms of player wages and in terms of groundworks and all the rest of it has to go into it's an accounting thing isn't it yeah it's a timing of accounts it's not it's not the actual situation it's not like if it was cash it would be a completely different look to it 
So no, it's nothing, nothing to worry about at all. Excellent. Um, one of the figures that was in there that, you know, jumped off the page at everyone was the wages. Can I just clarify, we're not actually paying that as an annual sum, are we? There's promotion bonuses or, or, or certain bonuses that have been triggered that have made that figure what it was for that calendar year. Sorry, for that accounting year. I can't remember what it was. It was probably went up by about £10 million or something daft like that from the previous season. You didn't jump your wage bill up by £10 million quid, did you? Um, it's going to be a lot more than it was last year. <laughs> it's Premier League. I mean, you know, it's Premier League wages. But for the accounts that have just come <clears> out, they would that would have been no, that would a lot. A lot of that. Most of that is figures. just is just bonuses. Bonuses, yeah, that's promotion bonuses. That's pretty much what we thought. And then, of course, you just touched on it as well. The added costs that were on there is the the Bobber stand basically would have had five weeks worth of work in that yeah. uh, account year. Yeah. And am I right in saying you don't get Premier League funding through until July? Is that or somewhat beyond thirtieth of June? Sorry, it was I thought it was more likely August. So it, none of the Premier League income will have been included in those accounts yep. that you just released. That's right. So that's pretty much exactly how we said it in the last podcast. Then James, you know, clever, nothing clever to, boys, then, aren't we? Nothing to worry <laughs> yeah. about, and um, all in good hands. Obviously, I, I I bring it up because FFP is suddenly a real yeah a real important thing at the moment. And you guys anyway, by the way, are shareholders, as you know, so you get pretty instant look. I know Les gets an instant look, a pretty instant look at the one, and access to Tom whenever he wants it. So if he's got any queries, he can he can get those responded to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't think there was anything to worry about. I just wanted to clarify a couple no. of um, sort of, as I say, Luton fans just aren't used to the size of numbers that are... Um, that we're, that we're dealing Nor with we. now. No, I can, I can imagine. Absolutely. Both, both ways. I can, I can imagine. Um, well, also, if you're just not used to accounts, and I'm pretty financially thick myself, so there'll be plenty out there that singing from the same hymn sheet as me that don't quite understand it, just need it explained a little bit more. Yep. So overall, nothing to worry about. Literally, as we said in that last podcast, it's just the way the dates have fallen and when the income has come in comparison to when the cost is, you know, the cost came the second that penalty was missed and the income's come some way down the line, basically, hasn't it, in in layman's terms. So that's that's all fine. One of the things that we're doing at Kenworth Road is introducing safe standing in the Oak Road end. Um, Yeah, isn't that great? It is actually, isn't it? Because, I mean, I've sat in the Oak Road end before and... And our own design. Oh, is that is our that right? Dis- Gary's Gary's Gary was involved in the design of the of the system. Am I right in saying it increases the capacity? Yes, I think. I mean, again, we're not. I'm not. I think it brings us up to close to twelve. Oh, okay. I think it adds seven fifty, something right. like that. Oh, and in time, that's going to be the whole of the, the whole of road, it. isn't it? I Eventually, think it, so yeah, it won't be immediate. I think that. initially, it's just the away. It first, isn't it? And then by because the- I think we're are we eleven three now? I yeah. think it's eleven three, and it, I think it takes us up to close to twelve. So we're definitely above Bournemouth in that regard, then, aren't we? Because yeah. they're something like eleven four, aren't they? So yeah, all of that nonsense that gets peddled that we're the smallest ground in the league that can pipe down. Who cares? Well, indeed, indeed, it <laughs> might be the smallest ground in the league, but it's definitely the best ground in the league, and that's all. Someone voted it, didn't I? See, someone voted it the worst, the the least atmosphere in the whole of the Premier yeah. League. Can you believe that? Hey, it must have been a deaf person. That's all I can say. It's, <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, yeah, not good. Uh, just on the safe standing, I'm a ma- I'm a massive fan of it. I have to admit, 
some of the away games I've been to where we've safe standing in uh, Brentford being one. Uh, there was plenty of it at Old Trafford as well. Uh, Chelsea as well. I just think it's much better. I just think, you know, you don't want to be restricted to a seat really. Obviously, if you can't stand, then that's different. And But you can sit in, but you can can sit sit in, in the thing, anyway, yeah. so... Um, but if you don't want to be restricted to a seat, you don't have to be. And I think certainly away from home, that's it just gets the atmosphere going so much easier, I think. Well, the last I heard was we would 25% of the new stadium will be safe standing. And presumably the safe standing that we install at Kenilworth Road will just transfer to Power Court. I'm not, I mean, if we, if we can, it will. I don't know whether it, you know, I'm not, never sure whether it can because it depends on, you know. But if we, if we if it will transfer, we will transfer it, like some of the seating as well. So when you say this is Gary's own design, is this like a? No, he had the idea of a, a, new, to, a new patent. Well, it's the same idea, right. but 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 with with I think I think it was with ready-made um, parts, if you like. So it was assembled. He invented the dis, the assembling, which is a lot cheaper than if you go and buy it assembled. If you know what I mean, is that makes any sense? Does it? So it's not like IKEA. We've actually got the no. finished product rather than the boxes. No, no, and- no. <laughs> no. Well, but, I, but I'd be trademark that. <laughs> I've only seen it. I've only seen one seat like it because I haven't seen the rest yet. But <laughs> no, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, no, I'm in favour of it as well. Same as you. Can. I think it's, it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. it's to. Um, well, everybody stands there anyway, so. Um, well, you have yeah. to. There's no leg room. I know. <laughs> Snow White's friends must have built that stand back in the day. That's all I can say. Well, we, we were in director's box the other day, which is exactly the same. I couldn't get in without without doing the splits. <laughs> it, it, it is good that it's in. I believe, actually, some of it's in there now. Yeah. Um, so the away fans that go into the Brighton game, they'll, they'll yeah. have... I haven't seen it yet, but it is, yeah. And I think I read... The aim is to have the home side of the Oak Road done by the Manchester United home game. Next month, mm, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. So if you're in the Oak Road, obviously you've already been sent your email and um, told what's happening. But only two more home games until uh, you can safely stand or officially safely stand in the Oak Road, and that'll be fantastic just to improve the atmosphere even more. Yeah, it's been pretty good though, hasn't it? I mean, oh, I mean, it's, it's one thing I, I think I said this one before. One thing I could never understand at Sheffield United is that they they muffle. The away end. Yeah. But what you don't want that, do you? You want as much noise as you can get from the away end because it then livens everybody else up. But, um, I mean, all they were doing was booing and everything anyway that particular afternoon, wasn't it? But, <laughs> that's um, true. You know, and then their players responded by scoring a couple of goals for us, which is very <laughs> nice of them. Um, very nice it was, indeed. It was. Where should we go with, where should we go next? <laughs> well, if we're talking stadium improvements, we should maybe have a little word on power court. Why not? Power court. Um, many a person has come up to me and you know said that things have gone quiet on power court, and that that's not true. Lots of work is still going on on power court. There's just nothing. They're working all hours. God sends on it. Just uh, nothing has changed in terms of it, what we it, can reveal. It, it's they're finalising the design for for detailed planning, um, and I. I believe that uh, UK Power Networks are starting work on moving the substation. I was, which is which is what's delayed everything. Yeah, it's been the, the, the substation being in the way, and then disagreements between them and Network Rail and all those sorts of things. 
Um, but it's now the workers, and it's not just the power, the substation. It's also all the cabling, and that they've got to decide how where that because the cabling goes around the town through through um, power court, and that's got to be shifted to make room for certain of the thing, the pitch or whatever else. So all of that makes a delays things a bit. Um, but as far as I know, it's they're very close to getting detailed planning. Um, approval sort and then once we've got that detail plan in full steam ahead and uh, i mean i think they can start work on the on the groundworks now in fact some has been you know moving yeah some i was earth, gonna, they're moving some earth around and stuff i was going to say i was down in that area of town earlier on and there were people in there i mean i didn't pop in and stop them and ask them what they were doing <laughs> i'd i never like to stop a workman when he's working because you go past all these roadworks and things and no one's ever working. So when you actually see one working, you, alone, yeah. you make sure you... you <laughs> well, they've yeah. done a lot of boreholes and stuff like that as well um, you know, to see how what the, what the condition of the soil is. And so all that's been done, as far as I know. Um, and there's earth movers on the site because they've got to move because there's quite a, a large, um, whatever the word is, there's quite a, a big difference in height from the back to the front. And that's got to be sort of leveled out and sorted out and stuff. We're not going to have an underhill like pitch then that's ten not. foot higher. Well, than ours, is, ours is a bit sloped, isn't it? It is actually. Yeah, everyone keeps telling me that, and then I'd like because I sit in the Kenilworth end. Because so the other end it yeah, goes down to, you, doesn't you, it? You don't really see it in the Kenilworth end, but then when you sit in the main stand, you're like, "What's going on here?" Not as bad Def- as Newcastle, though, is no, it? No, no, that is <laughs> that is that is very bad. There was one I can't remember where there was one that you could. There's like a bank in the corner of where the pitch is. So it literally tells you how far the pitch is below the... Um, it wasn't Barnet, was it? It may was well it? have been Barnet's sold ground, yeah. It was, um, yeah, very, very, very weird, actually. But it's a, no, everything is moving in the right direction on Power Court. But yep. let's be honest, no one really wants to know that people are drilling a hole in a bit of ground. Um, everyone can save themselves time and not reveal that. But all plans are in place and uh, ready to go forward to get their subsequent approval. And once they're approved, yep. full, full steam will be ahead. As I say, I've been past the um, past power court earlier on, and uh, there were there definitely were people working in there. Don't think they were just um, there for a good time. I think they were actually working, working hard. So, um, yep, going well with regards to power court. It's good. Uh, one of the other things I think that has to be applauded is that it's happened this week, but got announced. Last week, I think, was the warm spaces um, initiative. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Kenworth Throat. And um, I mean, there's been, ever since you guys have been uh, at the helm at the club, there's so many great off the pitch initiatives that I, I could reel them off for, forever that I've just like, resonate with what I, what I uh, appreciate. And, and that's one of them. Obviously, a long time ago, it was the first English club to bring in the real living wage, that sort of thing, and it's the one that always stands out. But this one particularly, because well, we've just gone through a really, really quite vicious cold snap, and we're still in winter, and yeah, it's a great thing to. Um, I think that I think overall, I think that the community work is tremendous, uh, and I think it's beginning to show fruit, bear fruit too. I think that there's. There's a lot more. I think perhaps the Premier League is what's helped more than most, more than anything. But I think the the community has warmed to us a lot more than it had before. And you know, um, some of the communities are actually now much more involved with us than they were. I think more comfortable with us. Mm. I think perhaps that's the thing, really. 
Um, and uh, and what's nice to see, I mean, I, I do quite a bit of bits and pieces that, you know, you go and talk to Asian groups and things like that. And and they haven't been in the past particularly football-orientated, but they are becoming much more. I, someone told me that the Wembley game was the most, had the most Asian people ever at a, a, a Wembley final. Wow. I don't know, I haven't got the evidence, the proof of that. But. I must admit, I see a lot more Asian people in the home ends at Kenilworth Road. And, than and you done. get more wanting to be there, you know. I mean, I talked a lot, so people ring up, can I have a ticket, kind of sort of thing. <laughs> but it's great that they're much more interested, I think, because that's the real target, isn't it, in the community? And that's the profile of the Premier League, yeah. it's what it, what it does, um, you know, particularly for where the stadium is currently. Yeah. Uh, but, they, uh, you know, I think that the support's been there for a long while um, for, for people that liked football, let's say. And certainly we all remember after the... Sunderland semi-final, the 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 drumming that went on oh, down in Park straight after the game, and the sort of that was and then, brilliant. And then the the tour, the bus, the bus top tour through, yeah, that started at the club and went through Berry Park and got delayed quite significantly because of the partying that was going on in, yeah. in Berry Park. It was wonderful to see. So it's um, and it's a lot of our and like we were talking about earlier, the the under twenty one cup games, which we've got space in. We can invite people in, and have done. You know, we've been quite a lot of the local, local residents, local schools, and stuff get invited in mm. to see. Because a lot of them, I was surprised, have never been inside Kenilworth Road, and that's terrible when you live hundred yards away or something, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, c- congratulations on that um, <laughs> initiative, anyway, because it's uh, you know very much needed. It. <clears throat> I think the the clubs always been about more than football anyway isn't yeah. it and um those sorts of things really shine through and show it so yeah i hope so yeah yeah that and all the charity work as well really isn't it i mean sort of lisa just been on her tour and raised money for charities and you know the supporters trust are heavily linked with beds prostate cancer support group obviously in line with mick who's now patron of that and we've got cabins i think on power court for the homeless with noah um recently so that you know somewhere for people to sleep and and so all of that is is in an attempt to to, you know to help in that sort of area and and that's our charity of the year in a way that actually that means more than football doesn't it i mean we all love the game of football our lives are all about the game of football but if football it doesn't really matter i mean we saw last month just how much football really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. So for the club to do these things outside of football, it's it's testament to the club. And yes, I know people will say, well, yeah, they got lots of money. They should be doing these things, but they're not all doing it. And for the fact that our club are doing it whilst still trying to fight their way on the pitch as well, it just speaks volumes of, of what we do and how we do it as, as an organisation. We're looting, aren't we? And, and, you know, the board are all... All bar two are Lutonians, and so that's it. It's it's part of our DNA. We we are part of the town, and we can't be anything else. Whereas that's not always true, and and particularly the Premier League, the money, the the money thing. It's not it's not always about the community. Now it's about tourism or whatever. You know, it's not necessarily local. It's it's international. Oh yeah. 
Uh, and that's, you know, I think I prefer it when it's a bit local. I mean, I come out of the Brighton away game that you mentioned earlier and I thought I'd landed in Tokyo, no disrespect to them, but there were so many Matoma fans there come out of Chelsea and I couldn't move for someone without an American accent. Yeah, It's like, what happened yep. to our game? Where's yep. where's our game gone? It's But then I come out of Kenilworth Road and it's all us. It's just all like, it's the people that you've grown up with, you know. But it won't when we, when we move. I mean, look where we are. You know, we've got an airport a few hundred yards away, and and so it it it, it probably change. But I don't, yeah, I don't think they I mean, should be discouraged anyway, because no. um, you've got to fill a twenty three thousand seat stadium when that happens. But also, <clears throat> you've got to attract more fans all the time. Really, yeah. um, it's part part and parcel of it, and but not at the expense of the community, and not expense of your um, what's the word, your your eth- ethical position i think no it's important to be what you are yeah. and not let it change you where i think some it's changed well i, I said on the uh, review we did of the bolton game that one of the biggest legacies for me of the 2020 era is that when you walk around town now you see little kids in luton shirts yeah 20 years ago 25 years ago or the time that me and james were at school I I was literally the only person in Luton shirt and I was looked at, why are you wearing a Luton shirt? When Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal shirts were everywhere you see. Now you can go wherever you go as a little kid in a Luton Luton shirt. The amount of youngsters that are at home games, it's just fantastic. What what you guys have done for the next generation of Luton fans after me. I mean, I took my youngest niece to the Bolton game. Tickets were only a pound. That wasn't why. As, as I said at the time, I am not a cheapskate. Um, that wasn't why we took her to that game. It's impossible to get tickets for Premier League game, and that's absolutely right. That's how it should be. But also, if she just wanted to sit there and after a while she got bored and she wanted to watch something on my phone or something like that, for the sake of a pound, it doesn't really matter too much. As it turned out, she loved it. Nil-nil draw. She loved it. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, hang about, what's this member of my family loving a nil-nil draw for? Because mm-hmm. I'm all for the four threes and three twos and everything. But And, and uh, I saw her again at the weekend because we didn't have a, a game. And she was like, Uncle Kev, when can I come to the football with you again? And I was like, well, if we can beat Everton and get a home draw, maybe we can do something for what, the next round of the cup. What did she like about it? Everything I liked. The, the atmosphere, the, yeah, it? the noises, the the, the smell all, the and the sm- noise, yeah, they're yeah. all different. You know, it's like I don't think there's anywhere else where she'd go and you know, obviously we buy a hot dog or a burger or whatever and a, a, a hot drink or whatever. I mean, she had to have a hot drink that day. We all did. It was bloody freezing, wasn't it? But just the things that the thing that made me fall in love was just the click of them turnstiles when you walk in i mean mm-hmm. I, when i first walked in it was the membership card in the those white turnstiles at the kennel offend and they had a right or clank to them it's sometimes if, if it was cold you had to give them a right or shove to mm-hmm. get the things moving it's thankfully it's more modern now and you just zip your ticket through and away you go sort of thing but it's it's those noises it's the atmosphere you know, songs were being sung. She loves the Ross Barkley song already. You yeah. know, she goes home singing Ain't Nobody. And uh, it's just, she's only five and she wants to go to another game. And, it, That's and brilliant. It's, it's brilliant, isn't it? And it's because of you guys giving giving tickets that either myself or my sister can afford for her. And, you know, like I say, if she didn't get into it, we haven't really lost anything. Whereas, you know, if you're paying some of these grands, they want sort of 15, 20 quid for even a youngster to go in that would have been a different story. So so what you guys have done for the next generation is just fantastic. Look, look how old we are, you see. 
Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, I just I, I've mentioned it before. I, I remember about those membership cards. I found mine recently when I was clearing out an old cupboard. I've got still got it somewhere. I haven't got mine. I think mine must have snapped as it was going through the um, slot thing one day. But I had to have a shilling. You don't even know what a shilling is. <laughs> and a, there's a turnstile man. Here's my shilling. I mean, you got Thrupton's chain. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about our generations. You've just hired the first Luton manager that's actually younger than me. And I've only just got over the fact that yeah. players are younger than me. Now you're employing <laughs> managers that are younger than me. And it's, it's very, very worrying. I'm better looking as well. <laughs> well, that went without, that went without saying, but yeah, more than welcome. It's an international sensation since uh, the football's been. Isn't he just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? I think, I don't know, not. They don't always get my name right, so that helps me out uh, a little bit. Um, can we move? Did you think we were talking about you? <laughs> can we move away from uh, from Luton for a minute, mm. and can we look at football as a as a wider whole? Um, we spoke about an independent regulator in our last deep dive, uh, and the fact that it's been included in the King's speech, and it looks like that. Uh, legislation is being written, I believe it's being written this month or next month mm-hmm. uh, with regards to an independent regulator. Is it realistic, an independent regulator? I think it's going to be essential because I think it's very, when you think there's, you know, in the Football League alone, you've got 92 clubs and the difference, even in the Premier League, you've got 20 clubs and the difference between the top and the bottom is just ginormous. And they all have a different outlook on it and a different requirement. So how you get those people to all agree with each other? The compromise is what it'll have to be, but it's sometimes hard to see where it's going to come from. Um, And I think it'll go to the wire, I think, and whether it'll need, whether, whether the Premier League at the moment has got at least some control wrong word some influence with the regulator and i hope that that continues because you don't want someone who doesn't know a regulator could be you know outside the industry trying to trying to um, control the industry which wouldn't wouldn't work really so it's a it's a it's a difficult one and it's already running over time really because it should have it should have happened already but um as to say, it's it, it's a very difficult business, and there is so much money involved that that getting people to and, and everybody in the Premier League is having to give up something to the lower leagues, which I think they want to do. They don't want to do it in a way that will put them at risk, and I think it, that's why the balance is so difficult to get to. Um, you've got some brilliant people. I mean, I I. I You'd never wish the job of the executive of the Premier League because they're all, they're all, the clubs are not in, in, in the Football League, club directors are on the, on the board. Premier League, there are no club directors. It's all independent directors. And the, and the clubs are the shareholders who are controlled or, or, or managed by those or supported by those, those, that executive. And I, you know, their job is is verging on impossible sometimes. I mean, it's a very professional. It's a very professional business. Um, 
And you couldn't be more so, I don't think. And there's some very, very good people. But they still have that that hierarchy, which is, you know, is difficult to handle. I suppose from looking from the outside, and I guess this might be a view that many fans, maybe from outside the Premier League, have maybe some in the Premier League. I don't think necessarily um, applies to Luton <laughs> necessarily, mm. but the clubs that have always been there and established that it's, it almost seems like Turkey's voting for Christmas if to get an independent regulator in. Well, they're not voting for them. I mean, that's going to have to have it, mm. aren't they? I mean, and uh, I don't think it's what they want. And 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 uh, it's because there's going to be one that they're trying to get some kind of deal done before that comes in. But, you know, then how, how close to the line do you take it? And what do you think the regulator's going to regulate? And 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 the problem again with 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 the, the Premier League is again there's so much money in it. It's so important that litigation you've already seen litigation involved in various things, is is how long will it be drawn out for? You know, it's not an easy business. It's it it and I think unless you're in it it you don't realise quite how complicated it is to sort. Um, I mean, everybody wants it to happen, but really not, sort of not at their expense. Their expense. Mm. You know, it, it is the right thing to do. But if we're going to do this, they're going to have to do something. So everybody has to sacrifice or everybody has to have some sort of semblance of control. And everyone's got to agree to that. All 92 clubs have got to agree to something. That's impossible, really, isn't it? Well, not impossible, because it's not. It will happen, but it'll happen in a, you know, probably a, um, a difficult compromise. Is that why PSR and FFP is so much in the spotlight these days, with a regulator sort of on the horizon, however far he, away he or she is? Is FFP suddenly becoming more important so that football can show this regulator, whoever he or she may be, that actually... Not everything needs regulating. It can it can regulate some of it itself. Well, it'll have to be. It'll have to be again. It'll have to be agreed all the way down because because the funding now all basically comes from the Premier League and and broadcast. Everything's going to have to filter down from there. So whatever the Premier League agrees to do, everyone else is going to have to agree to do to a different degree. Um and. Uh, then what happens, you know, with the regulator now? It's not, it's not straightforward, is it? And I don't know. But what you do know is that litigation is going to be involved everywhere. You know, if, if, if we already know that Everton are appealing against their points deduction, we already know that Man City are obviously doing something because they've been charged but not punished. So they're obviously fighting it legally. And there are others that are in the, you know, coming up as well. I don't know whether what the forest situation is, but so you've got all those things, and we know what lit Americans particularly are like with litigation. You can string things out for years and years and years, appeal and appeal and appeal, and take the appeal to high court, and and it's it, it, it can be, you know, if you haven't got what's the word, um, a strong enough will. Or, or the strong enough um, 
uh, I think will is the word, the right word, really, for for to to look after to to protect football, which not everyone does because it's sometimes it's about money. Then it's going to be very hard to to come to grips with it. Mm. That's probably not put it very well, but you know. I think that's the way it feels to most people because um, they'll see Everton have got charged once, 10 points dot, charged again, <clears throat> and Forrest as well. But everybody's also, also saying, well, that's what th- that's happened to them, but what about Manchester City, for example, just to take that example? Because 115 charges and a hell of a lot of charges. Mm. But if they've got... <clears throat> the world's best, most highest yeah. paid lawyers on they the do. case, which yeah. they, they, of course they have, they've, they've got a nation state behind them, mm. um, then it will muddy the water somewhat. Um, that, that's a that's a thing they're talking about, nearly a decade's worth of charges, allegations. But they could go on and win everything for the next, this season, next season, however long that goes on. Well, they on. could string it out forever, couldn't they? Yeah, and that's the sort of thing that doesn't really sit right with... People, but but what's the what's the the only answer to that is what is an independent regulator forcing things to happen, and then what happens? They fight them in the courts, I suppose, or or leave the leave the jurisdiction, or I don't know what you do, but it, it's it's not a happy situation, is it? Really, no, it's not happy from a competitive point of view, or a, you don't want that in football. You just want to play football, don't you? You just want, you know, and you don't mind. I, if you're ri- if you're a rich club, you should be able to spend the money on players and stuff. If you're a rich club, everyone would expect you to be bigger than Luton, mm. and you should be able to do it. But it shouldn't it shouldn't get embroiled in all this stuff. Mm. It just spoils it, I think. Well, I suppose one thing we've spoken about before is how it it's almost baffling to us, considering where we've been. Yeah. Uh, that you could be in the top flight for Everton have always been in the top flight and it's only club not to have been relegated and and be in so much trouble given the amount of money that's that's available. Yeah. It's it's amazing, really. It's easy for it's e- well again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where if you've been in the Premier League a long time, your cost base is is huge because you've you've improved your squad and you've paid more money and salaries have gone up. So you need that Premier League money to ju- to to maintain that standard, and that's the problem. Because then, if you if you if you struggle, um, you're struggling financially as well as struggling because you struggle on the field. There's a big there's a difference in terms of merit rake in the Premier League. Because you get you get more the higher you go, you get more again if you're in Europe. You know the difference is is quite is quite large. You know from us to. Liverpool revenue wise, it would be about four hundred percent, I suppose, if you're in Europe and everything. And if you win it, it's even more than that. But so, you know, it's um, it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing. And I don't, anyone who thinks, oh, it'll get solved by a regulator, it'll get, it won't, because you know something, something else will get, you know, something else will happen, which will put it, put that into difficulty as well. I suppose that that sort of brings it back to, from a Luton perspective, prudent management of a football club because yep. 
we're we're all fairly certain and we I hope this doesn't happen and we're we're all confident that it won't. But if it did happen and yet got relegated, that probably wouldn't be in the same strife as some other Premier League clubs. No, absolutely not. Because it had, we haven't built that up anyway. And that's what parachutes are for, is to help you if you get relegated. And um, we haven't pushed the boat out. We haven't done a Nottingham Forest. You know, we haven't pushed the boat out like that. It may work for them. Who knows? But it's a big risk. You know, you saw in, in, the, in, the, in the accounts last year, I think you, you were talking about earlier, I think we, we made a decision in the January to have a, a small punt because we were up at, you know, we were in in in, um, in 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 range of playoffs. We had a small punt, you know, five or five or six million quid punt, which we did, and and it worked, which was really, you know, it was marvelous and a few other bits and pieces. So, Co-D-M. so that's what you did, you know, it's what we did, but that's minor in comparison to. You know what they what they do, what they've done. I mean, if you have a successful punt like that, next time you have a punt, can you let me have the lottery numbers? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll reinvest some of the winnings. Don't worry. <laughs> that was absolutely fantastic. Five million punt that lands. Is it? Am I right in saying re, in the region of a hundred million for being in the Premier League? Yeah. So you know, minimum, minimum. Not a bad investment, is it? Five million to land a hundred million, twenty to one shot for uh, having a go. I, I, I guess. I mean, you say for missing a penalty. Yeah. For missing a penalty, yeah, and then the bloke, poor the poor old bloke, gets destroyed in the media by uh, Troy Deeney of all people. You know, God's gift to football. Not, um, <laughs> I mean, you say about Nottingham Forest, and it may or may not work out for them, but they're obviously already panicking, aren't they? They've sacked a manager because of the, they're well within that knowledge that relegation is the last thing that can happen to them, and. Yeah. That, that, I guess that puts us in a competitive good place, you know, that we're not having to panic, you know, we're, we're, we're literally going about our work as gradual improvements, whereas these other teams are panicking of fear of failure, so to speak. We don't really have that fear of failure. No, no, we don't. Um, no, we don't. I don't, I don't. I can't say any more than that. We don't. No. <laughs> but, and, and, and I think, I think that's something that we can use to our advantage over these last sort of 17, 18 games. When we're going into these, towards the end of the season, there's a few teams that we're going to be playing that could be in and around us. When we're going into those games, you know, I mean, we don't play Everton. Oh, sorry, we play Everton towards the end of the season. Yeah. If they're still in and around us, I mean, they're funding a new stadium that I believe they're going into next season. If they've got championship football looking over their shoulder, they are seriously in fear of failure. And we're going into that game well, come on then, let's have it. We've got nothing to lose. I hate that saying, and I shouldn't say it because obviously we have, but in comparison, that's got to be something that helps us over the remainder of the season in these kind of games. Yeah, you want you want a few people to be pressurised, I suppose, don't you? But, but that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, everyone's like, Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton, they're relegated. We were relegated before a ball was kicked, weren't we? Mm-hmm. You know, they were, we were bottom before a ball was kicked. Bottom before yeah. a ball was kicked, absolutely. And I've seen I've I've seen experts and pundits and things say, well, these clubs they've got it easy this season because the bottom three are relegated, so they can just have a season of doing what they want because 
you know, they're not going to go down, so they don't need to panic and all this, that and the other. And all of a sudden, Luton have won four games mm. and they're suddenly right up these teams' backsides and the panic's happened, hasn't it? Forest are panicking. All talk of Roy Hodgson being on dodgy ground and there was all sorts of banners appearing in Crystal Palace away end on Saturday. There's panic going on at Crystal Palace. It's only going to be a matter of time before a panic goes on at Everton if, they, if they're not successful with their appeal. Brentford were a lion. They, they've basically oh, put was. the house on even Tony, haven't they? Pretty much at Brentford. Well, the chairman was saying yesterday that he was <laughs> he, he didn't sleep much before the Knotts Forest Nottingham Forest game. I can imagine, yeah. And that was an important win for them. I, I mean, was, yeah. they they've put so much. I mean, Sky bigged up Ivan Tony like he was Pele and Maradona combined, but. They He's really have bit, put done every- a bit of Maradona esque uh, work with the free kick. Well. <laughs> yeah, he, did. <laughs> he did. Wilco sent me uh, sent me a video of that on uh, WhatsApp on um, Saturday. Actually, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you in another podcast whether that's good play or cheating. Okay. Um, we'll come on to that away from Wilco. We won't get him into trouble <laughs> for that one. But we've got a lot of teams on edge now, haven't we? And that's the that was the first thing in the survival battle, wasn't it? Get a few teams sweating and looking over enough, their shoulder. Really, are there? There's only two or three, really, aren't there? Right yeah. now, there is, but there's still the potential for some to drop back in. Still, isn't there? Mm. And you, you know, the Crystal Palaces of this world aren't clear of us. No, and Brentford and Forest and Everton. Who else? There's still Wol- no Wolves have gone, haven't they? I think Wolves have gone. Bournemouth, I'm still not sure about. I thought they'd gone. But then I watched them on Sunday and they were bloody terrible. Mm. They were really terrible against Liverpool. Okay, against Liverpool, well, they, but they I compare okay us against the first Liverpool. half, but then Liverpool decimated after the break, I think. But they've got enough good feeling to maybe get out of it. But I think. Yeah, I don't want Bournemouth to go down really, anyway after the th- way they th- were with us. I think you need, no, no, only no, need no. one anyway because all the statistics say that Sheffield United and Burnley haven't amassed enough points historically. No one has managed to stay up with the points they've currently got after this many games. Yeah. Whereas Luton have passed that threshold. So you only need one team to slip up enough and then then you can survive. Or Everton not to get their appeal. Yeah, or, or five you, they're, they're a better side than some of the others, aren't they? They are, but I think. they had that bounce, didn't they, when they got their point deduction, that mm. siege mentality bounce. But they've stopped now, haven't they? It's, They've not really gone anywhere recently. They've not gone any further clear of us. We just can't catch the buggers, can we? Every time we look like we're going to catch them, they go and pull out a result that keeps them away from us. So yeah. Someone help us out, please. It's That was a big goal at Burnley, wasn't it? That equalising goal. Yeah. That, I think when we look back at the end of the season, we're going to look back at that goal, which was a goal. Mm. It absolutely was a goal. No we covered it. And I agree. It, it's now been on the Howard Webb um, Fancy Dan show as well, hasn't it? And we da- all, days after we talked about it, though, so you know, you know where to go. So it was almost like we were locked into VAR uh, the way that we um, <laughs> talked about that. But when we look back on the end of the season, that point, that goal, it's it's going to be a big, big point and a big goal, isn't it? I yeah. felt it on the night. You know, I come away from Burnley. Walk, uh, I'm never particularly happy walking away from places like Burnley, but uh, um, I, I was, I was we, like. We, that is a big, big goal. That's a, it's one of the biggest goals I can remember us scoring, really. We were never in doubt there, but it was going to be, a, it should have been. It was right. It was the right decision. Yeah, I think it was. Just on VAR, are you a fan? No. No? Referee's decision? Yeah. I mean, everyone's saying, everyone, after the Burnley game, everyone was blaming VAR. 
Sorry, lads, but if VAR weren't around, it's still a goal it's because a goal. he gave a goal. Yeah. So don't don't need to blame VAR on that one. It does spoil the game, doesn't it? I mean, it, it you can't. It's like then that was no one no one celebrates. No, that was the first time really that we've had it where I've genuinely wanted to celebrate, but I haven't brought myself to celebrate. And you know, I had my sister with me at that game, and she was relentlessly, "It's gonna is it gonna get disallowed? Is it gonna get disallowed?" And I was like. No, I'm pretty sure it's not because I'm pretty sure what I've seen is the keepers running to Elijah, not getting the ball, and Carlton said it in. Mm. And if that is what I've seen, then it's not going to get disallowed. But what was it? Four minutes? I mean, that's that's long enough. And actually, it's good that they're going to the trial in something, aren't they, in Portugal or somewhere in the world where VAR's actually the decision's going to be. Broadcast in the, broadcast stadium. In the yeah. stadium to everyone. So I mean, that, that's got to be an that's improvement. That's the least that's got to happen, I think. If, if it's going to stay, that that's the experience that's got to improve. Yeah, you need somehow to be AI or something, don't you? You need people not involved somehow. Because <laughs> whenever there are people involved, you've got bias, haven't you? Yeah, no, that, is, that is true. You can't help it. I'm not saying it's intentional bias, but everybody's biased. Everybody has a different way of looking at things. Yeah, that is, that is true. Um, yeah, you've had all these VAR cameras installed and you've had that iPad installed and no bug has gone and looked at it. <laughs> has someone been over and checked that it's still there just to make sure? <laughs> they haven't no, used it, have they? No. no. Oh, we're 10 home games in. They might as well have sat up in your office and uh, just been looking at it on there. It's got no use whatsoever. It's the most unused iPad that's ever been produced. <laughs> Actually, my fear is that he'll go over and look at it and either it's gone or it just doesn't work because it's given up the ghost. <laughs> it's just, I've not been used. I'm not working no more. I've gone to sleep. We, we need to reset it or whatever it is. Like, it's it's just... No, I don't like it, but I suppose it's it's not going to go away, is it? So we just have to make it better. And broadcasting the... Um, decision inside the stadium is the first way of doing that, isn't it? Because fans know nothing. I mean, fans know nothing anyway, but no, fans know nothing about what's if going on. If you could show the, like I they think, do on TV, if you could show the lines for offside or if you could show the event to fans in the stadium, maybe that would help. It, I don't know. It must be possible. I mean, it's got to be possible. You're a fan of the NFL and they do it better. Rugby do it better. Cricket do it better. Rugby do it a lot better. Yeah, yeah. so much better. And it's just all you had to do was go to any of those sports and just say, "What? Do you, how do you do it? Let's copy it. And, yeah. and they've tried to do their own thing and it's just a disaster. But it's not like anything. It's like timing. I mean, this, that, this business of, oh, oh we now have real time. So you can have some some games where it, you know it's twelve minutes. Mm. They give you four, and it's just it, it, that Chelsea game I, was the worst. It ought to for be it. independent timekeepers, shouldn't it? Yeah, that Chelsea game was the worst for it. How we come up with six minutes in that second half, I have absolutely no idea. There were seven subs to start off with. It is yeah, that was the worst one. Actually, the Bolton first game as well. He put three minutes up in the second half of that, and the goalkeeper in time wasting for yeah. God knows how many more minutes than that. He was as bored as we were. That's what we say. <laughs> he may well have. May well have been. My niece was loving it. She was like, what, three hours? Happy days. But no, it's, um, <laughs> you're right. It's, it's something that hopefully that gets improved uh, over the course of things. Um, 
couple more things I want to touch on just before we let you go, Wilco, because we've taken up a lot of your time. We've spoken a lot about the players on this podcast, about our coaches, about our board and everything else. Can I just have a word for our medical team? Because they oh, went through brilliant. something that was beyond anything that anyone would expect of them. And yes, I know it's their job, but no one would expect anyone to have to do a job of that kind under that intense pressure and scrutiny. So a word for those really, because oh, they're amazing. That was an incredible yeah, they are amazing. situation. And their new doc is in, is great, and obviously Simon and Chris, and they're um, a great team, great team. And obviously that's the incident that, of course, I'm talking about the Tom Lockyer incident at Bournemouth. That's the incident that highlighted them. But when you actually think of it, Wilco, we don't get many injuries these days, and the injuries that we do get, players tend to come back from them bloody quickly, and that's also down to the medical and sports science departments. And obviously, there's been a lot of investment in that area, a lot of because, equipment, yeah. Because where we, you know, where we might lack in financial resources on the pitch, we can make up for with what we have in the background, so to speak. Those guys are doing an absolutely terrific job. You know, I mean, well, the improvements in equipment, improvements in the gym is is phenomenal. Um, and the other thing about those guys, the, the 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 medical guys, is that they they really are part of the of, of the squad. I mean, they are, you know, probably they're the guys that are closest to the players in some way because players are always in there having a massage or a rub down or a whatever, and and they probably get more of the players' true feelings and problems and everything than 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 the coaches sometimes do. So they're a really important group of people. And great guys. I should have probably pre-warned you this, but is there any word on Tom? Is he doing well? I've heard no more than he's, re- you know, he's recovering. It'll it'll take a long time, and, and he's working towards it. And yeah, I mean, we're not we all, we're not even worried about him from a football point of view. To be honest, we just hope that the no, guy's no, okay. No, you know, it's important. Yeah, that's what matters. Yeah, that he that he's happy, healthy, and lives a yeah a full life. Rather, I mean, we we're all at that day and. Oh. We won't forget it as much as we want no, I'll to. Never forget it. We won't forget it. Uh, yeah. Um, hats off to everyone. Bournemouth, um, Philip Billing, the p- person who got to him first. And we've said it already, but hats off to everyone who worked. Even up in, up in the boardroom, you know, everybody was in tears and hugging each other and stuff. And it was just different. Yeah. It was lovely in some ways. Yeah. I'm sure the two clubs will do something when we go back for yeah. the rearranged game. And I'm sure there'll be something coming out on that. Um, the last one, Wilco, the academy. Yeah. I think it's fair to say the first team had kicked on from the academy, just the speed of improvement in the in the league position of the um, first team. But I get the impression that the academy's catching up, even though the first team's still improving at an alarming rate. Obviously, we've had Joe Johnson go to the under-18 World Cup, which is a magnificent achievement for, for our academy. Mm. Uh, the under-21 results are positive. The under-18 results are positive. It all seems to be going in the right direction, academy-wise. Are you are you comfortable with where yeah, the academy the, is? Recruitment is 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 has been improved, or um, and I agree with you. I think both of them. I think the six, the eighteens. I see the eighteens probably more than anything, and the the improvement is noticeable if you ever go and watch them. And it's it's the same kind of thing as 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 we were talking about with the first team, you know, pace and first touch. And you know, just playing good football. Not not you. Know, some of them you play against, and it's that you know, like I said to, to um, 
to rob that time. He said, what do you think of it? I said, well, it's sort of piss about, piss about, piss about, <laughs> whoosh. <laughs> the early days of the Premier League. And I, well, it was. Yeah. It was. You know, when we played, I think it was Brighton was the first one, and it was... And, and I don't like that. I don't like that football at all. But they, they've started to, to be really, um, yeah, um, decent. I mean, we played, who was it we played on? Uh, uh, Brentford. We played Brentford on Saturday. And uh, it was really good. I think we won 5-0. It was, it was really good football. And uh, there's some players there that you think, mm, it'll be all right. I know a number of them have looked up to Andros Townsend, haven't they, Is in particular at the training ground. He, and Andros really, really loves one or two in particular, doesn't he? Really, really rates. Um, is it Jake Berger that he really, really likes? I like Berger, yeah. Um, he's under 21s, yeah. Under 21, sorry. Yeah, I think he's captain, isn't he now? He is, yeah. 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 Um, for the academy team to have Ross and Andros to look up to, as much as they're doing for us on the first team field, that's great for you guys, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Because it, it, they they can see well, I, I suppose it makes them feel as though that they can improve because they can see what the first team's done, and and they are too. I mean, there's no doubt that they are improving. I mean, Paul Ballantyne and I probably see more of them than most people do on the board, and um, you notice that recover that improvement. And twenty ones, I think, struggled a bit more because it's sort of a it's in between, it's a funny, isn't it? yeah, it's a. And they don't get that, that until recently. They don't get that much football, and that's the other problem: is that it's fringe players in the first team don't don't get any football because most of them don't play in the twenty ones as they can. So there's that. There is still that problem, and we still need to be in cap two, and we still need to get into the Premier League games program, which hopefully we'll do next year. So then you've got you know and you're competing with your peers. Uh, and that's what they need, rather than sometimes you're, you're either playing someone that's quite good. I mean, Brentford, to be fair, on Saturday, they've only just started, restarted their academy because they've had to because they're now in the Premier League. So it's they're not, you know, the levels are difficult to, to judge because they're quite different. And I think that's the thing in the um, really? Premier League Cup, isn't it? Um, with the under twenty one, well, we've we've lost them all yeah, so far. We've taken some some sort of losses in that one, but that is literally what it is, isn't it? Academy foundations and size and everything are weird. But last year we went to Chelsea. I think it was last year we went to Chelsea and beat them three one at their place under twenty ones, and their keeper had cost twenty five million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so but. But um, no, I think it's. I think it's going really well, and it's important though that we get, uh, we get in into get to, yeah, and I mean, get the get the dome built and get you know, some more some more land, some more space for the training ground, and then it'll be very helpful. Is that all in the pipeline? Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear that the academy's going well because obviously, as Luton fans, we love nothing more than academy products, and it was great to see Joe play for the first team at the end of last season and uh, out in Germany and, you know, the games that he's played this season as well. And of course, to represent Luton on a global scale as well is just fantastic fantastic for him. And um, shame they didn't go further than what they did. But I think the other thing, Jaden Luke has gone out on loan, hasn't he? he? He's very highly rated. I know Rob likes him a lot. Um, and uh, um, Zach Nelson. Zach, yeah. 
it must also be in terms of longevity and um, the future must be important thing to develop anyway, because if you're not going to be able to compete in the transfer market against big clubs, but you want to stay at the higher echelons, then the next best thing is to make your own players. Yeah, but it's efforts are difficult, isn't it? I mean, that move up mm. is quite hard because you're always, you know, it's like it's like you, you go and buy young players, which is what we did last year. And then you suddenly, if you've got some decent young players, but they're, you know, they're, there's a there's a bit of a gap still. You know, like the Louis Watsons and the um, and the John McAtees and all those guys who, who have you've got to find. They've got to play football, so you're you're always going to have you're a bit of a mini Chelsea. You've got them out on loan somewhere, you know. Before will they ever get? You know, will they ever make that step up? That's the problem. That's the problem, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I, I suppose it's a numbers game, isn't it? Yeah. If you invest a lot of time in a lot of youngsters, and one of them makes it through, that well, we, potentially you know, that's it. Isn't it? You could be the thing. One out of a hundred, or whatever it is, I don't know. Who was the last one? JJ and JJ and and JJ now. <laughs> if you're JJ in our academy, you're laughing, aren't you? Anyone else? <laughs> no, I. I, I I joke. No, the academy are doing great things. Uh, if you want to watch the under twenty ones, actually they're in action against Colchester next Friday night at Kenilworth Road. It was due to be the last of the Premier League Cup games, wasn't it? But the Leeds game got postponed recently because of the weather, so uh, there'll be another one uh, after that. But the Colchester game uh, tickets are on sale now, I believe. Uh, season ticket holders can get in for free, but you do need to obtain the ticket. So I thoroughly recommend going and watching the under twenty ones and the under eighteens if you are around and about the place when Luton don't have a game and hey. We very rarely play Saturdays at three o'clock these days anyway. <laughs> so uh, chances are you will be free on a day that the under-18s play. They are well worth watching, well worth supporting because they are the future of our football club. Wilco, we've taken up so much of your time. Not going to take up too much more. Just what are you looking forward to between now and the rest of the season? End of the season, rather. Oh, okay. I don't know. I suppose just continuing. Yeah. Perhaps a little cup run would be nice, wouldn't it? Nice what? to be at Everton again. There's there's this historical, we're going to preview the Everton um, game in another podcast, but there's this historical connotation with that particular tie, isn't there? Everton versus Luton and semi-finals and misdemeanors. I think I saw them in the cup in 1960. I think it was 62. Might have been 63. Might have even been 64. But um, we went up, first time I'd ever been to Goodison, and we went up there in an old A40 van, and uh, it was the great Everton team, and they beat us 5-1, I think it was. But it was a wonderful day out, the great stuff, because we were on our way down then. We were sort of, I think we were probably third division, I can't remember. But, um, yeah. It would be nice to beat Everton for a nice second time. It would be nice to do time. it again, it? Yeah, Absolutely, it would be nice to beat them for a second time and have a cup run and who knows, maybe even European football uh, awaits us at the end of it. That's far down the line from where we are now. But um, Wilco, it's been great to have you back on the podcast. We really enjoy having you on, getting your insights from inside the game as well as your thoughts as a fan and owner of Luton Town. We appreciate all of the things that you've shared with us uh, on this episode. Great to see you both and uh, I've enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully, if we're celebrating another season of Premier League football, we can get you on uh, sometime in the summer and we can rejoice how good it's been and how good it will be again. That'd be nice, yeah. 
That would be fantastic. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks very much again to Wilco for joining us. Thanks to James for keeping me company as well. And thanks to you for watching or listening, however it is that you've consumed this podcast. We are so, so close to a thousand subscribers now. We're, we're within touching distance now. And as we've promised, there will be a, a, a huge giveaway that we will do once we've hit that 1000 mark. I won't stretch it too much further in terms of a teaser other than the man to my right is involved i say no more (laughs) so as soon as we can get to a thousand we'll give you the full details of that thanks for watching and listen thanks to the hightown club for staging this podcast thanks to sean grant and the wolfgang as always for our intro music and to ed smith creative for all the designs you see on set wilco you've been fantastic we really really appreciate it thanks thank you thanks again and uh well come on you hatters Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're looking for people.